This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Hi listeners, this is Brent Sutton, one of the authors of the Practice of Learning Teams. Uh, welcome today. Today we're going to be exploring the five principles of learning team. And uh, with me today is Glynis McCarthy and Brent Robinson. Hi listeners, this is Brent Sutton from the Practice of Learning Teams. I'm here to lead the fifth and final principle of learning teams, being that group problem identification, solving and reflection drives learning and improvement. And I'd like to start with a saying from John Dewey. We do not learn from experience, we learn from reflecting on experience. And we're going to explore today why the whole reflection process is so important. Because reflection is the most important part of the learning team process. And whatever is not reflected on by the group and by the individual, is not retained and not acted on. The only way to grow and improve is to take a good look at what's working and what's not working. So I'm joined today for this final session by my colleagues Glynis McCarthy and Brent Robinson. Glynis, why should we reflect? Well, look, I think there's a whole lot of benefits from reflecting. It helps you to learn from your mistakes it gives you insight, gives you opportunity to, to um, further your thinking, gives you great ideas. It helps you to help others. So it helps you to help other people see things through your eyes, through multiple perspectives. It can make you happier. I suspect it can possibly make you sadder at the same time. It can give you better perspective. It can help you understand yourself and your interaction with others better. It can give you a greater understanding of the world around you rather than just acquiring facts. And ultimately, in a learning team, it empowers workers and helps them to see how they're a key part of the learning process. Without reflection, I would argue that work, that learning only will take place in a vacuum. That for us to truly get learning, we have to learn something, we have to do and apply something, and we need to reflect on it. We need to reflect, what does that mean for our current state of practice? What's this learning that we're doing and how does that change the schema that we might have about ideas, about how we view the world. And it's only through that reflection practice do we actually really start to integrate new knowledge. And sometimes people struggle with this notion of reflection. I heard quite recently um, that in actual fact people talked about the word challenge. That in actual fact what you're doing, you're asking your brain to actually challenge what it's heard and why it's heard it. And I, that process. I think that goes back to when we hold knowledge, what we have is we have a schema. We have a, a set of ideas, um, a set of assumptions that we hold true. And when we get new information, that potentially is being challenged. And what we need to then do is we need to internalize those differences. We need to say, how do they match with our existing schema? How are they different from what we currently know? And so I think that that's where that notion of challenge comes in. 
But the, the, the notion of challenged is supported by the practice of reflection. And if we don't have particularly workers who are able to do reflective practice of work, how do they learn? And how do they adapt to variation in terms of dynamic risk? So this notion of reflection, of challenge, of challenging new thought with existing thought is a really important component when we talk about safety. So is reflection, uh, is reflection something that's just done incidentally? Or is reflection something that you actually you know, have, have to do within the presence of or being present? I think for a lot of people, actually, we don't do much reflective practice. We don't do much really in-depth critical reflection of, of something that we hold dear or know or, or um, in terms of, of being able to, to, to do from a skill point of view. So I think quite often it needs to be intentional and it needs to be a skill set that we develop with our workforce. So I think of many workers that do their job, have done their job successfully for many times over, there hasn't necessarily been the call for reflection. And I think that that's one of the powers of a learning team is that you are reflecting on good practice. What makes that practice safe? What are, what's a variation that has the potential to make that practice unsafe? And we're really trying to explore the nuance between those two concepts. So Brent Robinson, um, how important is reflection as part of a lean process? Um, I think it, it's super important because what you're doing is you're, you're taking in that knowledge that you've gained and you're giving people the opportunity to soak in it, think about it, and then come and an opportunity to come back. You know, it's not I'm going to go away and think about it at home. It's I'm coming back and we're going to talk about it again. And I think that's the really powerful part. And it, and you know, many of the, and it gets lost in some of the lean literature, but it's one of the one of the things that people talk about that this reflection on your work or reflection on the process is super important. I think that soak time that you've just mentioned, Brent, is, is super important in all of this, um, and is really a fundamental component of learning teams. That what we what we're trying to do first and foremost is articulate what the problem is. So it's really around that problem identification, as we spoke about with uh, learning teams principle number four. And then what we're trying to do is by providing some some soak time. Again, I think it comes down to how well the learning team facilitator actually provides opportunities and um, uh, provides opportunities and keys for people to, to for what they need to reflect on. So what the learning team facilitator is doing is really sort of framing up where have we got to with our discussions, what do we need to do next, and providing that space in the middle so that people can reflect on it. And then by coming back and revisiting it post that soak time, people have had an opportunity for kind of the dust to settle, I suppose, um, for people to have thought about, well, what does this mean for my existing body of knowledge? What does this mean for my current state of practice? And then again, people are able to, to kind of move forward from that. So I think that in order to do this well, the, the learning team facilitator needs to really be able to provide a frame to allow people the opportunity to explore the problem and then provide people with an opportunity and some um, content around what do they need to reflect on for that second session where people can come back and now start to look at solutions. 
Thanks, Glass, and thank you, Brent. And just wrapping up our final principle, um, I think we all believe very strongly that without that reflective practice, you can't embed change. Because change has to come from within the person themselves, rather than change trying to be forced upon them by the rules or procedures of the organisation. Thanks, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed the last session of today with the five principles of learning teams. Thank you, listeners, for being part of this podcast. We'd love to hear your learnings from today or other topics you would like us to support you on. Go to www.podcastlearnings.com and be part of the community practice of learning teams at www.learningteamscommunity.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.